This week on Wonder Out Loud. How to be quick when it comes to communication at the workplace? Thomas will share how to return from professional setbacks. Welcome to the next episode of Wonder Out Loud. We want to hear from authentic people that share real stories about their successes, pitfalls, and all their learnings when it comes to workplace dynamics. Today, it's me, Emma, and Flori from the Wonder Team. And as always, we will start the episode with a wonder question. So, Flori, I am very curious to know today, how do you make room for an emotional check-in on a very busy workday? So the place where I would start is seeing, is this emotional check-in for me personally, or is it for another person, or is it for a group? So when it's just for me, I try to set the environment first to emotionally check in. And that is to get myself in tune with all my other uh, senses. So whether it's listening to three things I hear, whether it's smelling two things I smell, one thing that I can taste, just to get into that space of holistic self. And then I try to look for the day ahead. So where am I uh, right now, where I want to be at the end of the day? And not from a target or goal perspective, but really from an emotional setting. And well, that's exactly how I approach my emotional check-in and how I see and transport myself into my emotional being at the end of the day. So that's how I approach it. What about you, Emma? Wow, that was so much information, Flory. So cool. You can really see that you take the time and space for yourself. And I think I'm a little more in the beginning of that journey because sometimes, especially in busy days, I feel like that's the first thing that I forget to, to make space for myself and an emotional check-in, which is why I started to always do that in the morning. So I write down three things that I'm grateful for and what I'm looking forward to during the day. Because that way I can always create space and in the morning and I know that I have that done for the rest of the day and I've had that check-in. But you did give me a little reminder that maybe during the day it's also a good thing to pay attention to more and settle in more. But yeah, even wonder people still have to work on how to wonder. But somebody who also has a lot of busy days and which is why I'm even more grateful to have him here on the call today is Thomas. So Thomas, in his own words, is passionate about solar and energy storage and is amplifying this adoption across the U.S., which is also where he's from and living right now. His company, Fourth Energy, helps businesses to take control over their energy usage in their day-to-day operations while saving money and helping to combat climate change. Well, this is a huge mission, Thomas, that you put right out there and introduce yourself and us to. So I can only imagine how packed your days must be. So where's the room for your emotional check in there? I find that when um, with these busy days and, and, and at this uh, topic and, and um, is close to a lot of people of our age group and our um, a lot of people that we care about care about climate change and want to see it taken to the forefront, be dealt with when it comes to checking in personally. I make sure to carve out those morning times, big morning person. And I want to make sure that I have that ability to um, focus my mind, focus my intention for the day. And so that when I get to the afternoon, which is often when I wander, wander down the paths and try to figure out what I need to do for the future, uh, I go back to my intention for the day. 
and make sure that my definition for success of that day is clear and I can follow it along the, along the path. Maybe describe quickly, what does your workplace look like? Is it an office? Is it virtual or hybrid? How does your day-to-day business look like? So we run our business on a virtual uh, remote platform. Uh, we have people in India, in the U.S., all over helping us operate because we know that today is a global world and making sure that every one of our employees and, and, and uh, contractors are uh, on the same page, be able to communicate with each other and, and have us uh, truly <laughs> figure out how to, how to bring solar to the rest of the world. Well, that is a global mission right there that you put out there. Is that what you like most about it or what is it? I like the fact that you can start taking control of your energy. Uh, for a long time, businesses have been using energy to operate, uh, get, facilitate what they need. And I think as we're starting to see a lot of energy crisis uh, management happen in all countries around the world these days, it's more and more important that companies understand that they can take control of their energy use so that their operations and that their top line don't need to falter due to something that is very much now in their control. And I can't imagine communication plays a huge role by talking to companies about their energy usage. How do you approach communication conversations with these customers? A lot of it's listening. Um, th- th- I find the more I, the more I talk, uh, the worse the interaction goes. So <laughs> I want to make sure that I listen as much as I can. I can understand where their problem areas are. I can understand how we fit to help those needs. Um, and sometimes it, there's not a good fit and that's okay. Right. But the more you listen, the more you understand, you can build a connection and a relationship for the future. Well, that's a really big takeaway as a big talker. I think I always have to remind myself to listen a bit more, which this podcast is a very good and helpful way for me to practice it. But you already mentioned in our pre-interview questionnaire that your superpower is indeed to see the best qualities in people and helping them to share that with others. So it seems that in general, you are very observant. So what exactly do you do to help them to share their abilities with others? What is your mechanism to help unlock with them? I I think it comes down to kind of one word, passion. So uh, I love figuring out what people care most about. Um, I often ask, you know, if if money is not an issue, what would you do with your time? What are you passionate about? And once I understand that about an individual or maybe a a couple of passions that they have, I then put them in my repository of a mental bank and I try and figure out who else has that passion, who else could benefit from that type of energy and vigor. So um, I try and really connect people to make sure that this world has more passion out there, has more energy, has more people doers that are willing to get things done. Amen. Obviously, as much as we love creating this positive space, we also want to dig a little deeper and explore a bit more. When was the time that you had a very specifically, maybe even very negative conversation that lingered in a negative way? Could you describe what happened and maybe also how it made you feel? Sure. Um, so I've, I've had my, my certain go around of co- corporate America and, um, and, and bad interactions within it. So um, I think that's part of the reason I, I have an entrepreneurial spirit and want to start my own thing. Um, 
But ultimately, when it comes to bad conversations and tough conversations, whether that be uh, a performance review that I received um, or a uh, in in real time assessment from a manager, I find that um, the key theme between all of them uh, has been a, a lack of communication. Um, so. When it comes to, I'm sure that we're all very familiar with, <laughs> uh, but the, the, to drill into one key moment, the, um, I received a, a piece of information performance review, uh, which is usually where these, these uh, lack of communications come in. And uh, I was told that I was completely underperforming, that I should be assessed for potential termination. Um, and for me, that was a complete blindside because I had never heard anything from my client or from the business as to whether that was a real concern. And so when I asked them further about it, it was not only the first time I was hearing anything, but it was also a bit of a shock because that's not who I am or how I like to be perceived or how I hold myself out to be. So uh, when we drilled down into the communication, drilled down into what was going on, a lot of it, once I understood the intricacies of what the feedback was, was that uh, they felt as though they were not getting my full time and attention. And so when I started going back and saying, I understand what you're saying. I hear you. I, 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 I get it. Let's try and fix it. Let's try and take a step back. How can I make you feel as though you're getting my full time and attention? And then once we started doing that, we started addressing the root problem. And once we started addressing that root problem, we got to a, a path where three months down the road, they said, you're, I feel more connected with you than ever. I love the work that you're doing. I'm, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. Can you stay on the, can you stay on the project? And so it was the quickly turn, the quick turnaround of, wow, things have really gone wrong. How can we find the problem, address the problem and then make every, make sure everyone's on board going forward. Are these the mechanisms that you just mentioned that you still use now in conversations? Oh, of course. I use it in my personal life. I use it in my work life. I think a lot of people are really good at identifying the symptoms of miscommunication. Um, I feel like I, most people often say, I feel like I'm not getting the time and attention. Or I feel um, I hate my work because I feel I feel underappreciated, you know. A lot of people are really good at identifying the symptoms, but sometimes it's harder to get into the what's causing the symptom, what's the problem that we need to actually figure out and address. And once you do that and have someone committed to really fixing that, then you're able to move forward, provide better symptoms, you know, um, get, get, to the, get to a better workspace and environment. Now, your workspace currently is very virtual and very global, Thomas. So how do you bring that in there? How do you ensure global communication with your team? Uh, it's tailored to each person. So I will say that you know, I have an executive team, um, and we try to have uh, not just personal conversations, but really more high-level business focus, because that's kind of where our minds sit a lot of the time. Um, so even though we'll have meetings where we'll debrief on life and talk about our weekend or our vacations or our hopes and dreams. We'll really um, focus our time and not feel like anyone's wasting their time. 
when it comes to my team and who I'm and, and kind of the more day-to-day managing their work, trying to figure out how they're spending their time, I customize it so that each person one might want to talk about life. And really, I need to build in 15 extra minutes just to talk at the beginning of a call because I know that they want to do that. That makes them feel special. Well, whereas others just want to get down to work and want to get down to the nitty gritty and don't really want to waste time talking about life because um, that's just not how they operate. So tailoring it to each person has really helped me build a consistent and reliable team dynamic. Super interesting to hear. And also good to hear that the cookie cutter principle might not work with everything and something that we also have to learn on the way as well. So is there one conversation that maybe even also surprised you? Something where you've gone out of it and were like, oh, wait, that was way different than I entered it. Anything that comes to your mind? I will say that it, it not in particular, maybe one that uh, was surprising. I think it's more as a business owner, you deal with different different types of conversations all the time. So one could be... Um, Uh, I need to take extra vacation time because my travel plans got all screwed up and I can't make the calls that I need to make today. Or uh, another one is maternity leave um, or paternity leave, trying to understand uh, future business actions and planning so that your business can continue to operate while also being understanding that they're going through a major life change. Um, And you want to be there for them because when you, When you aren't there as a business owner for major life changes, you will lose your employees. You will lose the trust, appreciation, and and that is, I I think, nine out of ten times the reason I see people in the U.S. specifically look for other jobs is when they have those moments where an employer says, no, I don't care, you know, not, not maybe explicitly, but they get the feeling that the employer doesn't care about their time off their personal life or what is meaningful in their life outside of work. That actually sounds really, really impressive to hear that you seem to be such a caring business owner. And you also shared prior to the interview that you enjoy gaining insights from people who are a little bit further down the experience route than you. So maybe being a caring business owner was also something that you learned from people who are older and have more experiences. But we were wondering, how do you usually get in touch with these people? And how do you find these experiences that you can actually learn from? Yeah. So uh, I think what I had mentioned was that I, when I was tw- about 20, I was in college, I reached out to some family and friends because I didn't really know what they did. Uh, I always knew them Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. Um, and so when I actually sat down with them, I realized how uh, important by <laughs> success standards that they are, uh, and got to really learn from them asking kind of three main questions. What do you do specifically? How did you get to where you are? Uh, and what is some advice for a 20 year old who wants to do what you do one, one day? Um, and that gave me a trove of knowledge that I still use today. Uh, but I will say that, uh, it, one of the more impressive things about asking for those meetings was that I never got turned down once. I asked over 30 people of major corporations and never got turned down. So it built the confidence in me to ask for that time of individuals as I continue to grow up. And I can, I can confidently say that I've never still been turned down. Um, no matter who they are or what they do, they've always taken the time, whether it's 15 minutes to two hours, to talk about 
advice that they can give on different aspects of life. How good and also reassuring to hear that in the end, no matter how busy these insanely successful people are, that there is always time for a talk and to connect again on a different level. And to hear that you're also still looking for these insights and always want to develop and move further. Yeah, and and these I will say that people are so excited to pay it forward. They are so excited to talk about their experience because there's always someone in their life that paid it forward for them, that made, gave them the opportunity, gave them the experience, and they want to be that for other people. So it's just a matter of asking. <laughs> well, got to do that. <laughs> But now that we've been having looking a little bit at people's experiences and the past, we want to shift our perspective a little bit more and look into the future. So, Flory, how are we going to look into the future, future <laughs> with Thomas? Well, so I would be super curious, Thomas, to know um, you as a visionary and from the role you've just shared, I'm curious, how do you actually see the workplace in five years? Do you have any future predictions that are going to align with the way how you run your business today? Sure. Uh, I do see actually the workplace going back toward the office model. Um, the reason for that being is, or at least a hybrid model, because There is so much more you can get done in person. Um, I don't know. We've all experienced it post-pandemic where uh, you've met the person that you've only met on Zoom so far. And you're like, wow, you're shorter or taller than I imagined. You're more personable than I imagined. It's that type of synergy and that type of uh, relationship building that I think we all kind of starve for and crave. Um, not to mention when it comes to the actual work product. Just popping into someone's office and knowing how they operate and knowing how you know they are it allows for so much better collaboration and work product. So I think as a, as a business owner, I would love for people to go back in the office and feel like that is a part of the reason why they like work, um, which, is, which is, I think, going to be a little bit of a hard change since people are so used to the their own schedules you know i know people that work out in the middle of the day now i know people that go and you know they love the flexibility and that flexibility shouldn't have to change it just have it just needs to morph based on the benefits of just being in person and what that means for business a quick follow-up question on that thomas especially because you see this development also for yourself i'm curious to know Maybe can you share advice for our listeners um, from your learnings? How can people transition to this hybrid role of working in a virtual uh, way and also still being fully present? There's so many different ways of how you can adapt to the process, and you've shared a couple of that. But I'm curious to see, is there an approach um, that you think has worked the best for you in the past? Sure. So, um I've seen quite a variety of models. I've seen the Monday and Friday off. I've seen the three days pick and choose. Um, I, you know, I tend to believe that the perfect work model is like a four day week. Um, we have the attention span as individuals of really committing our time to four days. Um, so not that I, not that I'm giving anyone permission to not work on a Friday. Um, but I will say that Fridays are sometimes more for looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to, and that's just based on work productivity, what's happening. So um, 
I find that scheduling the in-person events around a Monday through Thursday or even taking Monday as a remote day or one of those days, focusing on those that front half or front portion of the week and leaving Thursday and Friday or Friday for a looking forward, um, closing things out, making sure things are in a good place, that allows the hybrid model, I think, to work best. Amazing. Thanks for these incredible insights, Thomas. It has been really, really enriching to have you today here on our podcast. Um, so Emma, we've heard so much. Maybe you can uh, dive into the things you've liked, learned, and obviously you're going to lean into listening to Thomas' experiences. Yeah, it's a great feeling that I'm having right now. I have a really, really full head now, but also a lot of calmness that I'm taking away from this conversation. So really big thank you to Thomas here. Um, so the one thing I've learned is how important trust is. And not only did we see that during the conversation on how much Thomas shared with us today, but also in general, how he approaches conversations with his teams and employees, which I think is very, very inspiring to me. And I liked the approaches for conversations and just asking people about their experiences because I, in general, very much like doing that anyway. And I think it's always a good inspiration to do that more. And one thing I will lean into is speaking less in conversations and more paying more attention to how I can listen more, especially in a business context. It's something that I've been had having in the back of my mind for a long time to like, how do you ask the right questions? How can you listen more and guide a conversation by listening? I think I really have to look more into the techniques here. So Thomas, we'll have a follow-up conversation on that. But yeah, that's on my side. Flori, what about you? While you've been listening to this conversation today, what are you taking away from it? What you liked, learned, and what you'll want to lean into more? So what I liked today was, Thomas, how open and honest and just authentic you are. It is something that I think both me and, and Emma learn a lot from. And just surrounding yourselves with the people um, that you trust and that you love, I think, is a pure privilege um, that you have enabled. I've learned so many things today, but one thing that stood out for me particularly today was the root problem. So that there's a lot of communication problems at work, and you've mentioned to get down to that root problem, to really find a solution, and then to, to enhance that behavioral change to actually set some kind of plan in motion to get the behavioral change going and to fix that root problem. Um, in terms of the things that I'm going to lean into more, um, I think you touched upon that, especially when it comes to the virtual space. I've, I've really thought um, not that much, too much about it yet when it comes to personalizing the communication from person to person. And I think you've touched upon that, that you have a different communication style with each single person that you actually encounter. And so I really want to lean into that, embrace that in the virtual setting more to have that tailored approach with every single person that I'm going to talk to. So huge learnings today. And I'm going to take away from this conversation. So thanks again for being here and joining us for that second episode of our podcast today. 
Thanks for being wonderfully connected and hope you tune in next time on Wonder Out Loud. For more information, check out our website, wonder.in, or follow us on social media at wonder.app.